0: oh, it could be something else. And so then I went to and got my levels checked. And they're like, you're at zero. And I'm like, you know, what about my progesterone? Oh, well, that's zero too. And I was like, oh, well, what about my estrogen? And they're like, yeah, zero. And I'm like, well, how long have I been running on empty? You know, like I had a fainting spell when I went on vacation with my family. And like, I've never had... I'm pretty active. I work out, you know, five days a week. I'm pretty active. And I fainted and ended up chipping my tooth. And, you know, it was like my heart was doing all kinds of crazy things. And, you know, the doctor there was like, have you thought about getting your hormones checked?
1: Welcome to the Menopause Mastery Podcast, a show for women just like you who are ready for more health, vitality, passion, living life with a purpose. I created this show because I knew that women, just like me, in this second season of life, the season of menopause, are really tapping into their deepest desires, and we're ready to harness our physical and mental health and explore what our true passions are, and peel back the layers to uncover exactly what we want out of life. I'm your host, Betty Murray, part geek, part magician, and your new medical bestie with a dash of sass. I love taking the complex science and making it easier to integrate into daily life. So let's join the journey to make this season the best ever. Have you been feeling off? You know what? Your hormones might be out of whack. Take my quiz to discover your personalized hormone imbalance and get a free report with your results. Learn what's really going on with your hormones and start feeling like yourself again. Just visit the website, quiz.hormoneshelp.com, to take the hormone quiz now. Welcome back to Menopause Mastery. So today, I'm actually sharing the mic with a friend of mine. We've known each other for a damn long time. Shelly has a unique experience, and not so unique experience, about going through menopause. And she really was willing to come on here and really talk about it and we started this conversation before I turned on the mic and I'm like, hold on, she's getting ready to share some serious nuggets. And so we're going to talk real frankly about the menopause transition and especially some of the things that you may be experiencing that you don't even realize is tied to your hormones. So Shelly, thank you so much for being on the show today and being willing to like share your experience with women. And yeah, yeah. So I appreciate you. (laughs) You have actually
0: helped me a lot in this journey unknowingly, and this podcast has because I don't even know if we women knowingly even make the subject taboo, maybe not even taboo, but just kind of unsure about it because you have to admit kind of that you're struggling, you know, with things. And we as women don't really want to admit that, you know, and just because we're kind of constantly motivated by guilt you know, in society with the, you know, with ourselves, with each other, you know, almost unwittingly, you know what I mean? So I think that kind of gives us a hesitant to talk about it, but yet then we see everybody struggle, you know, and it's like, if I can, I tell everyone about it. I'm like, oh, I was feeling that way too. And, you know, even if you're getting woken up by, you know, hot flashes, you're not sleeping good. So then you're kind of irritated anyways. And the things that used to, you know, just let roll off your back now are kind of irritating. And so, you know, no one wants to talk about that part. You know, you don't want to talk about the grumbly part. You don't want to put, you know, no one wants to do that. So I think that we just don't. But it's so important because I think it's more of a universal experience that we all kind of need to show each other a little bit of grace about. So that's why I found your podcast so helpful because it was just like, ah, finally, hold on. There's actually, I can do something to help this, you know? And it just, I don't know, it helped me get a better grasp over things. So I appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because it's either me or other experts talking, but I'm like at the end of the day, I think a lot of times knowing that other people are in your place because I think- Yeah, you were right. We are totally driven by guilt. And we always think everybody else has their shit together better than we do. Right. And especially now that we have social media. And so we get this idea that what we're going through is unique and we're isolated and alone. And that's not true. Right. And, you know, who wants to post that? You know, oh, I can't sleep. You know,
0: we kind of even jokingly do, you know, like I'm up at four in the morning. Yay. But once you realize that it's very biological, you know, and it's completely normal and you might not need an antidepressant. You might need to really investigate maybe another side of the workings of your body because, you know, there's a lot of different systems. There's the, you know, sympathetic, parasympathetic. There's your, you know, thyroid. There's your physical, you know, body. There's your spiritual aspect, you know. So there's a lot of things that tend to get that make compensations for the other, You know, when we feel anxious, our body will do one thing. Well, that makes another cortisol go into our body, which causes another, you know, system to maybe fire off something else. So I think it just causes kind of a domino effect. And the more that we can understand, the better it is to kind of parcel in what we're going through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing that is so true, I was just meeting with my technology firm. We're working on some technology for women. And we were talking about symptoms, right? And it was, you know, and it was like, oh, you know, there's such a multitude of symptoms that arise when we're going through perimenopause and menopause and even beyond, right? That we have the easy ones, right? The hot flash, the night sweats. But I would say those are probably the least damaging. And yeah, so tell me about, yeah, because we had this long conversation driving to Fredericksburg. You were just like, oh my God, what happened to my brain?
0: (laughs) It was like, what is happening? Because like, I'm feeling... Like the things that I used to just, just let roll off, they were now super irritating to me. And, you know, and it was just like, it's affecting my ability to sleep because I would feel like I'm walking around on eggshells because I'm kind of irritated. So I was kind of trying to keep it in check. And then that makes you feel bad. And then it just created this whole cycle where I wasn't getting good sleep. I wasn't getting that area of Even intimacy with the people around me because I was just kind of grumbly, you know, and then I need that I'm a social person. I want to be able to vent with my friends and, you know, kind of have that release. And it was just like, I felt like I was losing my brain and I didn't know what to do. And then, of course, you know, like, I don't want to talk about it because I don't want to have to admit that I'm not quite handling everything and that's why I was so grateful to have that conversation with you because it was like, Oh, it could be something else. And so then I went to and got my levels checked and they're like, you're at zero. And I'm like, you know, what about my progesterone? Oh, well that's zero too. And I was like, Oh, well, what about my estrogen? And they're like, yeah, zero. And I'm like, well, how long have I been running on empty? You know, like, I had a fainting spell when I went on vacation with my family and like, I've never had, I'm pretty active. I work out, you know, five days a week. I'm pretty active and I fainted and ended up chipping my tooth. And you know, it was like, my heart was doing all kinds of crazy things. And you know, the doctor there was like, have you thought about getting your hormones checked? And I was like, no, you know, I had been, Listening to your podcast and, you know, thinking, oh, I'm still young, you know, oh, what am I? I don't even know if I had an IUD. So, you know, my system had been irregular for years. So, and, you know, you go through the circle of life. And then I got back and it was just like, it just started making sense. And then I made a visit with an endocrinologist and got my levels checked. And it was like the weight, my weighted blanket had been put away for the winter. And it was like a relief. And it was like, I almost gave myself permission to heal. You know, it was like, oh. And then once that got fixed, I started feeling better and my heart started working better. And it wasn't as, you know, trying to compensate for all the other systemic things that were going on because my levels were so low. So it was like, it was causing one and another thing. And then it was making my blood pressure act wonky. And so once I got it fixed, it was like, everything just kind of leveled out. And it really helped me feel a little bit more comfortable in telling more people about it. Because I was like, whoa, this is not only mental, this is actually physical. And we need to talk about this as women, because we talk about a lot of things. We talk about pregnancies. We talk about, you know, all the different ways to mother, but like, what do we do towards the end of that? I mean, we talk about empty nesting and stuff, but there's really a whole element to that transition. And I remember like the first month after I had gotten my pellets. And so it was like the first month afterwards and, you know, we were actually laughing at dinner again and it was just like, oh, just like a big sigh of relief. And, you know, and I know that a lot of it was my part, you know, because I was feeling so Like I was, my brain was scrambled. Like I was trying to keep all these plates in the air, but I wasn't doing it. And I'm balancing on like a ball and I'm like afraid to drop anything. And so it was just like the biggest weight. The weighted blanket had been lifted. And so now I tell everyone. I'm like, when I work out and I hear, you know, I'm probably the weird eavesdropper where people are like, oh, my husband and I are getting divorced after 20 years. I'm like, oh, maybe we should all go get our hormones tested. Because... It just might be something that you're not expecting, you know, and then once you really get that adjusted, it's like, oh, okay, there's that person that I know and love. And, you know, then you go back to being that person you know and love, you know, like like you can show yourself grace again, where you weren't so anxious. And I tell everyone now, I'm like, don't be afraid to, you know, ask questions, you know, and I always tell them about your podcast and I'm like, tell your doctor, you know, like ask questions. I don't feel like as a society, we should be dictated by insurance anymore. You know, like we have to be an advocate for ourselves. So that's really what I appreciate.
1: Yeah. I was excited to have you on this podcast because, you know, like we were saying, I think people think of the symptoms like... The menopausal brain, like the memory stinks, especially short term, or, you know, like word recall, like it's here, I can feel it in the back of my head, but it's not making it to my mouth. Like those are obvious kind of symptoms, the weight gain, the insomnia, but you're fainting because you were out of the country when you fainted right? So you had started having heart palpitations. You had started having arrhythmias in your heart and ended up fainting on vacation. And you have a history, you kind of shared it, that you have a history of hypertension or high blood pressure. And all of that was going weird. But none of your physicians ever mentioned the fact that your Mm -hmm. hormones could have been at play because you haven't really had any symptoms of that since you got on hormones.
0: Nothing. Like, as a matter of fact, my medicine has gone down You know, like the medicine, my heart medicine that I was on, it's actually been changed. And now it's at a lower dose. So I take like five milligrams now where, you know, it's more preventative. You know what I'm saying? When my dad passed away at 60, my grandpa passed away at 60. As I approach 60, I don't really want to. That's one of those family patterns I really would like to break. So, you know, that's something that's important to me. You know, like what are things I can be proactive about? And yeah, and it wasn't until that that they were like, have you ever thought about... You know, because my thyroid levels were fine. And so that, you know, just made them kind of think. And then that dawned on me everything that you've always, you know, were learning and talking about. And it just really made me, it clicked in my brain. Like, hold on. There's something I can do about this. Because it was like, I couldn't remember things. And then I wasn't doing well at work. And then you get frustrated with yourself for not being able to, you know, do what you've always done you know? And so then you kind of beat yourself up about it, you know, and then that causes more frustration. So then you forget even more, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like a domino. And so all of that becomes a little overwhelming. And then you're already kind of at irritation level high, you know, because we're not sleeping good. No, we're not feeling ourselves. We're not feeling good in our skin. And as women, we don't, generally want to show ourselves a lot of grace. And I just want to tell everybody it's not all in your mind. Like, I mean, it is in your mind, but it's, I mean, there's other things that are like playing a factor that we can look at and help because like your hormones are what control
1: and balance everything. It tells everything else to work good. So why Mm -hmm. ignore it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think because the modern media and especially conventional medicine You know wants to make it sound like it's a cognitive behavioral problem that you're supposed to just deal with as women and that you know all of those things are just pesky things but heart arrhythmias that potentially put your heart in an abnormal rhythm where you're either having palpitations or pvcs or you know afib or any of those things are influenced by the hormones particularly estrogen and now what we're talking about are things that could lead to early death, right, if it's unmanaged. exactly. And it's one of those things that you never hear anybody talking about it. Even I was looking at, you know, online apps, right? So I was looking at all these online apps for women. And one of the things that I noticed, there's not that many, number one. Number two is all of them eventually go to this cognitive behavior therapy thing of you need to work on your headspace about your symptoms. And I'm like, the fact that I want to strangle everybody because I have no patience anymore because I have no hormones does not mean I need to like learn how to control my thought process around it. Still having a period, but you're feeling out of whack and you suspect your hormones might be playing tricks on you? It's time to get the lowdown on estrogen dominance with my free ebook. It is the no-nonsense guide to understanding estrogen dominance, how it contributes to pesky weight gain abnormal, heavy, or painful periods, fibroids, and more. Say goodbye to the guesswork and hello to Clarity. Dash on over to ed.hormoneshelp.com, grab your free copy, and get started on your journey to better health. Your body will thank you. Let's be
0: thinking about this. You know, like, if out of the 10 of us, six of us are being prescribed Wellbutrin, that seems odd to me. Maybe we need to look into this you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's totally be cognitive behavioral because they're like, oh, here, you'll be fine. (laughs) I feel like it's something
1: else, you know? Yeah. I mean, the stats are if a girl or a young woman is on birth control, statistically, they are more likely to be on an antidepressant. If a woman goes through menopause, she's more likely to be on an antidepressant through that transition and onward when it's really a hormone imbalance problem and it's and it really needs to be addressed. So, what are some of the other things that you notice? Like you talked obviously about, you know, intimacy with your family and just like there's intimacy obviously with your significant other and that thing, which kind of dries up at this time of year, but it's also like how you interact with your children, right? And the relationship you have with them. I think people don't realize that either.
0: Big time. And, you know, they're getting older too. So they're trying to find their autonomy, which isn't always, you know, around mom time, you know, and then you're kind of missing that too. So it's like, You're going through all these kind of loneliness phase, you know, where you're missing that lack of connection and, you know, we get involved in our lives that we kind of forget that level of self-care as women to reconnect with our friends and to spend two hours laughing at dinner, you know, that's important. And I think we don't prioritize that enough as women, you know, we're kind of groomed not to, and that's sad. And I want to bring that back. Because I feel like that also helps you release the pressure valve. Yeah. But they want alone time and you just want to cling to them. So then, you know, you're dealing with that changed relationship where they're also trying to find their way in the world. And that is so hard because there's so much less things that I can control. And it's like all that stuff you did before is now coming into play. What kind of decisions are they going to make and being able to show them grace and be like oh everybody makes mistakes you know you got to just keep trying and so it's a different kind of relationship and while you're feeling all these other doubts and fears and you're not feeling yourself and you're not sleeping and you're not eating good and your skin is changing and you know and you're noticing the amount of dry skin i have now i could literally apply lotion 10 times a day and I don't know where it goes. I mean, I literally can put hand lotion on my face. It feels like sometimes because I don't know where it goes. So it's like, you don't feel as youthful, bigger as before. And I think they feel that too, you know? So then it's hard. Parenting teens is such a challenge every day. You just, you never know what you're going to encounter. And you know, that's where... You see the fruits of your labor and then you realize the parts where you're like, oh, I could have hit that home a little more. You know, like you don't want them to give up, but then you don't want them to have to, you know, be somewhere uncomfortable too, learning boundaries. And it's like now they get to put all that to the test when they're trying to find their space in society. And then here we are. We don't feel like ourselves and we don't feel like we fit in society and we're feeling like we're losing our brains. And so it's hard to we might miss the connection sometimes because we're having our own you know, imposter syndrome, you know, because we feel like, wait a minute, we should be able to handle this. And then I'm like, I feel like I'm dropping plates. And so, you know, that's not what we want to example either. But I've learned, you know, that making mistakes is part of it. And that's probably the best thing I could show them like, oops, I didn't get that right. But I can try it again.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's a very twisted fate that, you know, a woman's gonna have children, particularly females, but boys too, because they get hormonal too. At basically the height of their hormonalness in general is the height of our discrepancy and drop in hormones and near the two meet, right? One of my favorite shows that I have ever watched was this guy who did Shalom in the Home. So he was a rabbi, he would go into a home and like help the family like coordinate and talk to each other. And one of the ones that I watched one time was he was talking to this family and their teenage daughter was just you know they're at odds she's getting in trouble like everything and you have these two middle-aged adults you know living together and all they're doing is child rearing all they're doing is child rearing that's it like they have no intimacy they're you know they're just getting stuff done working and knocking it out and so the thing that I thought was so interesting is he sat down and he goes you want to know why she is acting out that age group is nothing but passion about it, whatever they're into, they're passionate about at a level that's obscene, right? Like that's all they've got because their hormones are moving and everything else. And they just, they haven't tackled the world and had, you know, things happen like we have. And he said, and you too. It's true. No passion about anything. You're just <laughs> grinding out the day. And I'm sitting there going, they probably both need hormones, right? The reality is- We are both just trying to survive over here. <laughs> right. So they're already in survival mode, but chances are their hormones are in survival mode also- So they also don't have the drive because our sex hormones are drivers of interest and passion and excitement and motivation. And that's just the reality. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, you know, that's it is sort of twisted that we have this combination that occurs, you know, and in our families. It's
0: very hard. And like I said, every day brings a new and exciting challenge. And you're like, huh, I never thought I'd be dealing with this. But okay. Let's do this. But I've also found that this generation of kids, they do get it, you know, and they are full of that is a, such a good way to describe it because they are passionate about everything. It comes out of their, it tingles in their body. They are passionate about their friends. They are passionate about their movie or their genre or, you know, whatever they do. And it's like, that's at a time where, you know, and even men are, decreasing in hormones, you know, they're not as excited about everything either. And they're feeling the change too, but I don't know. We kind of give them a break for some reason. And we really expect females in general to handle things, you know, Mm -hmm. like not only are you going to go kill it at work, but you're going to come home, and you know, handle the house and cook dinner. What are we having for dinner? It's like, Oh, you know, and then by then I just had nothing in my tank, you know? And so then I was just feeling, resentful. And, you know, then he himself is feeling lower levels of testosterone. So we're not feeling as intimate as we used to. And, you know, I think it allowed us both to learn a little bit about ourselves and how, you know, yeah, maybe I wasn't bringing to the table what I was before either. But I think, you know, and we're going through where we don't feel as pretty as before. Our skin is making all these changes where before, you know, I'm getting acne sometimes. I'm like, what? I'm 53. I'm getting, I wake up with a zit on my chin. I'm like, okay. You know, so it's a good way to describe my teen is on the way up and I'm just on my roller coaster down. And I'm like, whoa, it's just as chaotic.
1: No, it's very true. And, you know, men don't have the same pressures that we do. And they don't bungee jump and then cliff dive, but they definitely roll downhill. And you know, we were speaking earlier and you kind of made mention of it, the amount of divorce that happens in this oh. age group that's the largest, right? And yeah. I think a lot of it is, yes, we're trying to figure out if you had children, how to empty nest. But the other part of it is we don't have passion anymore. And then we go look mm-hmm. for somebody to replace that passion because short-term excitement seems like it's it, but it's not really it, right? and it's sad because I think there's a lot of marriages that could be saved by, you know, or partnerships doesn't have to be marriage, but partnerships between people. Yeah. If we restored normal hormonal balance. Yeah. You know, Because there's other, I think we don't
0: allow space for other things to be at play sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, you know, if we were to say, Oh, it's a cancer, you know, then it might be a little bit easier to explain, but hormones are such a kind of an ambiguous thing. You know what I mean? Like we talk about hormones, but we don't really, they're hard to kind of pinpoint, you know, but the more light that we can shed on it and the more that we can understand. And I think as we learn, you know, how things we eat affect our hormones and how our lifestyle affects our hormones and, you know, doing things that you enjoy makes other things in your, you know, body release hormones and just finding that balance You know, a balance of everything, you know, your lifestyle, what you're eating, you know, your self-care and mental health and physical health, I think, combine in hormones in a way because it's like that weird connection. That's what kind of connects them. The physical and your mental is like your hormones. And when one of those gets like whacked, then it's like the rest of your body tries to compensate. Yeah.
1: No, it's very true. You know, so if you were to give like a parting message and say, you know, if this is your situation and this is what you're trying to figure out, what would you tell the person or the woman that's listening right now, that's maybe new to the idea of hormone replacement, maybe she had the mindset that, well, this is natural. Well, yeah, dying by 57 was also natural in 1900. So the reality is we haven't caught up to our longevity. What would you say? What would be your top recommendations?
0: I would say be an advocate for yourself as much as you are your kids and as much as you are for your family and your job, be an advocate for yourself and allow yourself that energy. Because I think we are as expected as a society to just give and give. Why are we not giving some more and allow yourself to be an advocate for yourself. And if you are feeling like you need to make that a priority, you do it. And, We need to show each other a lot more grace and let each other know you're not alone and you can be a great parent 12,900 days of your life. And we beat ourselves up for the five days that we weren't, you know, and it's like we just advocating for ourselves. We're important and we bring a lot to the table when we feel good. And I've learned through raising girls, that's probably the best example I can be. And I don't think I've always been that for me you know? So I think that's what I would say. Be an advocate for yourself. You aren't going crazy. It's okay to be frustrated and it's okay to feel like you don't have everything handled every day. We just do what we can and put the, do the next right thing. But also don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. They're like, going to the doctor. And like, sometimes it's not covered by insurance. So we have to advocate for ourselves. But you know what, if you work with them, they might offer you a discount, but just advocate for yourself.
1: Yeah, I think that's, yeah, that's so important. Because, you know, if you let the insurance companies and, you know, a medical paradigm that consider women secondary, we're not going to have the right healthcare for women. And we haven't, and it's time for a change. And so... and that starts by talking about it, you know, by
0: talking about our struggles. You know, when I hear my friend being like, we were married 20 years and now we just can't do it. And I'm like, oh, wait, let's go get a quick checkup first and then let's see what we can each bring to the table. You know, like you can decide then once you're back in your normal brain levels, what you want to do, you know, don't make a rash decision, but let's check everything
1: first. Men too. Yeah, I definitely agree on that one. I definitely agree on that one. Well, Shelley, I want to thank you for sharing your story of your experience of kind of going into this transition. And also, you know, you had some scary health scares. You had some scary stuff going on cardiovascular-wise that I think most women have no idea can be part of that transition. It's not just about waking up at night sweaty and having a hot flash. That's like the least of the big things.
0: Big time. Heart palpitations. Like, They were putting me on more and more medicine. I was on three, four medicines because they couldn't figure out what the heck was wrong. You know, they're like, you work out five days a week. You know, your levels are, I could sell them on the black market, but you have all these hard things. You're going bonkers. And it was all related to an imbalance. This part over here was low. And so this was overcompensating for it. And I think just allowing yourself to be like it's not just one thing it could be a couple things
1: yeah and i think you know the challenge there is our medical system was designed around infectious disease and war so everybody's compartmentalized your cardiologist doesn't know a damn thing about hormones you know and your internal medicine doctor doesn't either you know Mm -hmm. unless you're seeking somebody out that's gone through additional training outside of the conventional system even gynecologists they'll go well betty but they're gynecologists i'm like that's a surgical specialty that's surgery that's not hormone management. That's mm-hmm. surgery. And and the challenge is they really don't know. That was my experience. When I started asking about it, they were like, nah, that's not
0: really my department. And so then I, after talking with you, I found a clinic in my town that offered me what kind of your services do. And it has been a game changer for myself for moving into that next part of life, 53 and feeling fine. And that allows me the space to talk about it more comfortably with other women. And, you know, when I see them, when they're discouraged, I'm like, girl, there is help. Like, let me hug you through this. You got this. And there is a solution.
1: So just don't be afraid to ask. Well, Shelley, I want to thank you for being on Menopause Mastery and sharing your story because, again, I think, you know, knowing that other people are out there doing the same thing and experiencing the same thing is so invaluable. So thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you have a great day. I will. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Menopause Mastery. If you found this to be a great episode, I'd love for you to do a few things for me. First would be, if you don't subscribe, hit the subscribe button. And then the next one is, I would love reviews. The way we get more exposure to more people is by reviews. So if you could give us a five-star, that would be awesome. You can help more women get help. And for everybody, I'll be back with you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Menopause Mastery Podcast. You are why I'm here, and I am so very grateful. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any wisdom on creating the most exceptional life on our terms. If this episode has helped you in any way, please share it with a friend to spread the love, and together we rise. You can follow me on social media at Betty Murray PhD, and you can reach me online at bettymurray.com.